It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Welcome back to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mast from MLB.com, alongside my partner and co-host, Greg McMichael, Director of Braves Alumni Relations. Greg, we are on location this week, a special location. We've done one or two of these before. We got to go to Greg Maddox's house in Las Vegas. That was pretty cool. And now we're in, well, we're not in Chase Elliott's house, but we're in <laughs> one of his houses, one of his places where yeah. he, uh, he he does his thing. We're at Charlotte Motor Speedway. The good folks at Charlotte Motor Speedway arrange for us to record on location. We're literally, I'm literally looking at the start-finish line right now right behind you. Pit Road is right here behind us. The Coca-Cola 600 coming up this weekend. That's one of the big races on the NASCAR schedule. And we're lucky that NASCAR's most popular driver, and I'm not just saying that, that is an official award, and he wins it, and he'll win it again this year, I think. Chase Elliott is not only a Braves fan, he is a diehard Braves fan of course, from Dawsonville, Georgia, his legendary father, Bill, NASCAR Hall of Famer. A lot of fun with Chase, man. A lot of fun. I know that was the first time I think you'd met, met yeah. Chase. I'd mm-hmm. gotten a chance to meet him a couple times before. What were your first impressions of, uh, of meeting Chase? Yeah, nice young man. Um, obviously cool and collected. And um, and I think it helps growing up with it just kind of in your blood that uh, you saw your dad do it. I'm probably he had plenty of talks with his dad he grew up with other guys here at the track and being around the sport I just think guys that I know in baseball that kind of grew up in the locker room and grew up around the sport and their dad was a professional player they just got a little bit different air about them and um, of course there's always those stories of guys who maybe don't quite live up to you know the legend of their dad or whatever but I don't I don't get that from him I think he's his own person and and uh, he he knows what he's doing, and he's had some success. So um, we we wish him the best. Hopefully, he does well this weekend. And um, but yeah, it was nice to get to know him, and and you know, very thoughtful, and and uh, some of his responses. I think everybody's going to enjoy. Definitely, enjoy definitely. It. And it was it's it makes me feel old as dirt when I see him, <laughs> and he's now you know he's winning races on the Cup Tour, and he's the most popular yeah. driver because I. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn or my family's horn, more for the context of the interview, because I bring up a few times in the interview, having grown up in NASCAR around it, it's because my dad was where Chase is, at least in the, the same series. He was in the Cup Series in the 90s. So I kind of grew up in it. I literally remember Bill, his father, and Cindy, his mother, pushing him around in a stroller or, like, carrying him <laughs> as a newborn. And now to see him sitting here as – a winner in, in NASCAR and hopefully competing for a, a cup championship yeah. one of these days. It, it's wild, man. It blows yeah. my mind. Well, I mean, he's he could be my son. I mean, he's, he's the age of my middle my middle son. Yeah. So. so Okay, so we both feel old as dirt. Yeah. Perfect. Well, I mean, you could be my son. I mean, I think I'm older. 
Uh, what are you, 28? You'd 30? have to start pretty young. How old are you? I'm I'm a little bit older than that. If, if, as long as you think that's what I look like, <laughs> let's go with that. Let's go with that. I'm you age that youthful look to you. <laughs> let's just say that I'm age 28, and let's leave it there, and let's get All right, let's to do NASCAR's it. most popular driver and our Braves fan, Chase Elliott. Well, Chase, thank you so much for joining us here on Behind the Braves, the official podcast of Atlanta Braves. This is a special treat for us. We're here at Charlotte Motor Speedway. You've got the, I think it's the 60th running of the Coca-Cola 600 this weekend coming up, which for those who don't follow NASCAR, that's one of the crown jewels or one of the majors, if you will, of the NASCAR schedule. So I know you had the all-star race last weekend. How are you feeling about yeah. uh, the 600 this weekend? Yeah, always a big race. Um, and really these two weeks are you know both really fun fun races uh on on our schedule so uh looking forward to it you know the all-star race we had a i feel like our car was was decent didn't work out too good for us there at the end of the race but uh a good starting spot i think for this upcoming week which is really the the main thing in, in the two weeks is uh you know trying to get the win on sunday night well for those another thing for those who don't watch nascar the the, who, the guy who wins the race greg goes to victory lane obviously you know that mm -hmm. but then they take roughly 10,000 pictures with 10,000 different hats on so you gotta get all the different <laughs> roughly. sponsors roughly that's in that ballpark one of the cool things about chase is that he always takes or i think pretty much always takes a picture with his braves hat on nice in victory lane just when you won at talladega a couple yeah. weeks ago we we saw that picture that got sent to us and we were so pumped we're like okay we got it we're putting this out everywhere now yeah. that was just that was just perfect so is that uh is that just something you insist on every time? You got to wear your Braves hat in victory lane. Well, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I I love the Braves. I follow you know the Georgia Bulldogs, and you know have uh, you know different personal um, things that I'm a fan of. So I, I think it's important to express that. And and those days where you're able to get a win, and, and it's not every week you get to take a picture in victory lane. So <laughs> right. um, I like to make the most of my trips, and and haven't had a ton of trips to make the most of, but. Uh, anytime I do, I'd love to, you know, lo love to support the people that, uh, you know, enjoy watching. How did that, or how did you first become a Braves fan? What are the earliest memories of a Braves fan? Because for me, growing up around the racetrack, it was watching the Braves on TBS, no matter where we were. If we were in Darlington, we were Talladega, we were in Michigan, whatever hotel we're at, or RV, whatever, Braves yeah. were on TBS back when I was growing up. So you're a good bit younger than me. So how did that Braves fandom start for yeah. you? I, I've very, uh, just, remember just a little bit of them playing on on tbs some as well uh for me it was it wasn't really my my mom or dad i you know dad was never really a big braves fan or, or a big baseball guy uh, i was really my my cousin and and my uncle who were you know big big braves fans and and uh, my cousin played baseball and you know grew up around him a lot and and really he was kind of the one who introduced me to him started following him a little bit when i was little but i felt like i really became a big fan like in in middle school, you know, that that was really when I started to watch and I really just love going home and you know, on Tuesdays, Wednesdays and whatever, Mondays and, and watching in the evenings during the summer months or the spring and then hopefully the fall. Uh but but definitely was um just really I think that point in time, really just love watching him and those are some of Chipper's last few years and uh had a chance to appreciate his greatness and what he brought to mm -hmm. the Braves and just uh yeah, fell in love with it and been keeping up ever since was that your guy early on chipper if you had to pick one or was yeah for sure for sure and i mean obviously i've you know in 95 i was 
a month away from being born when they won the <laughs> right. won the World Series. So definitely wasn't uh, you know wasn't wasn't following them then, but just to to be able to be old enough and appreciate you know him and and a lot of other guys too. Um, you know I remember about that same time I think Smoltz had had gone away and I think. You pitched for Boston, is that right? Mm-hmm. There Boston. towards the end, yeah, yeah right. so, last year, Boston, the Cardinals. Yeah. So I remember that, and and um, where I went to high school, some of his family members went went to, uh, went to school as well. So uh, just you know, been around, I guess some some of the guys who have been involved there, and and got to know a couple of them, and uh, just enjoy being a part of the culture. It's been a lot of fun. It's great to have some other guys, especially up and coming stars, and so I'm, I kind of view you that way. You're my kid's age. And I was back during that era when I played. But it's great to see other sports and guys who follow the Braves because then we want to follow you. And, of course, I know your dad, you know, followed his career. When I when I was playing, we got a chance to meet Dale Earnhardt and Mark Martin and the Waltrips. Those guys would come to and meet because Bobby Cox was a huge race car fan. Terry Pendleton was – and Ned Eust used to be in the pit yep. uh, in the off season with, with the Earnhardts. And, and so – and Ned was in the bullpen with me, so it, we, nobody knew this, but we would hide a TV in the bullpen because back then at Fulton County Stadium, you could put it in a corner with rabbit ears, and you could we'd watch the races on Sunday because awesome. we'd have day game. And so we're watching Ned's all. We think, Ned, what's wrong? He goes, oh, you know, this is happening. And I'm like, oh, I thought you were watching the game. You know, <laughs> no, he, well, no, watching the race. He's watching yeah. the race. So he, he kind of introduced me to the sport and then getting to meet a lot of the drivers that would come in um, but it was, it was a lot of fun because I didn't grow up much knowing much about, about NASCAR and, and racing and everything. So that was kind of my introduction, uh, in the big leagues to that. So I've, I've learned to appreciate, it. but we've been following you and really appreciate what you're doing, but it's interesting that, you know, the Braves have kind of gone through a transformation here and you look at Austin Riley and Acuna and Albies and, and now Soroka and, and free, these guys are coming up who are pitching while they're young. And so uh, it's got to be exciting for you to see, because you went through a dry spell and you're, you know, fandom, you know, we've talked about this over the last 10 years, it's been kind of rough in, in Braves country. And now all of a sudden, this team has totally changed and, and there's a lot of exciting things going on and and so we we really we like that but we appreciate you like I said being on today and 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 we know we're just as excited as you are about what's going on and then be able to see someone like yourself kind of in NASCAR and doing really well and it's, it's been fun to watch. I appreciate it yeah like I said I, I just love keeping up and um, it really has been cool and and you know, like I said, I feel like when I really started to to follow along and was old enough to keep up, you know, Chipper was kind of on his way out, and a lot of those guys were leaving, and uh, to see this new team form and and just uh, to be able to follow that, and I don't know what it's like. I don't play, obviously, but from from the outside looking in, it seems like a lot of those guys are really get along well, and the culture is about as good as you could ask for from the outside looking in. I don't know what it, they might, they might hate each other. I don't know, but it looks like they, hey, when you win, they love it. You know, everybody likes each other, right? <laughs> exactly. I'm sure you True. know that there's True. not a lot of arguments when you're winning in the pit crew, right? True. But, but <laughs> regardless, same as to, locker room. to see, to see that I think is, is a lot of fun. And, and, you know, watching those guys, I mean, heck, some of them are younger than me, which is, which is kind of crazy and, or, uh, you know, just doing what they love and getting a, shot to play in the bigs yeah. and i mean for them that, that's their dream just like it was mine to you know to race in cup yeah T- tell me tell me what it's like 
for you, because um, in baseball we have a lot of what we call superstitions, but I, you know, I tend to call them patterns, you know, or we have routines. Yeah. <laughs> because Set by a true superstitious person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but you know, to be successful, you have to have a pattern, right? You have to have something. So sure. for you, what what was it, it like race day for you? Um, when you're preparing, because you've got a grueling event out here. I mean, Ricky was talking about 600 miles and some are 400 miles. That's a long day, and it's hot out there. I was just walking around, and it's yeah, hot. Yeah, it's warm. Yeah, so tell me, how do you prepare for that, and what kind of things that superstitious or what kind of routine do you get into? Yeah, I agree with you, and, and it's definitely a routine, and uh, we work really hard every week to kind of make each week feel the same. Obviously, they're the same but different. I mean, every track kind of has its own thing. Uh, as far as the on-track performance goes. But everything off-track leading up to an event, we try to make it as much of the same as we can every week, as I'm sure game days are probably similar for, for a lot of the guys who play. Um, but I think that just helps your just your mindset and it being the same and it having the same feel every week. And uh, it's not a superstitious thing, really. It's just a, you, you get in a routine and, and habits of doing things in a certain way and in a certain order, and I think it just makes things go smooth and uh, allows you to – put the time and the focus into the things that really matter for us is the on-track performance um, at specific points. And when you can do that each week at the same time, I think, you know, uh, creating that repetition goes a long way. So that's why we, yeah. why we do it, it like that. Well, it relaxes your mind. When you don't sure. have to adjust, you can focus on the mental part of the game, which is what's going to win. Yep. It's going to win you. I mean, a car is doing a lot of the work, but you mentally have to be prepared to make those adjustments that's – and when your your routine's off, it takes more energy. Yeah, definitely. And, and like I said, I just it, it puts you in a better place mentally for through all that stuff. And you know, yeah, when I was you know talking about superstition, when I was growing up and young. I, I always had everybody had their you know lucky pair of underwear or whatever, <laughs> lucky pair of socks you wear. So um, as I got older, you know, I always I was young racing and always had you know always had them on socks on like it was it was go time you know and. Uh, kind of get to the point where you're wearing the right stuff you have the right underwear on you have the right socks on you still didn't win what i do wrong and so eventually <laughs> i guess you kind of figure out that maybe there's not as much to that and it's more just about getting in the routine and habits of doing things the same way and and finding some uh some comfort in that mm. well there's Good. something to that superstition stuff in both baseball and nascar i know my dad racing in what's now the xfinity series it was the bush grand national series in the 80s was going through a particularly rough stretch and at that time guy named Larry Pearson was dominating uh, the Bush Grand National Series. So my late grandfather, who would travel every week with the team at that time, uh, was went up pit road and was cutting a banana around uh, Larry Pearson's car <laughs> and then put the peel inside the car. And his crew said, what are, you, what are you doing with that banana peel? And he said, well, I'm getting that monkey off of Rick's back, and I'm going to get go. him in your car. And sure enough, that week I think Dad finished third and Larry wrecked. So, oh, wow. so they were like, when he came up, when they came up next week, he came up there with a banana. And that crew was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, don't even get anywhere near this <laughs> thing. Yeah, get it away. So it's interesting. One thing that's, you know, you talk about you were a month away from being born when the Braves won in '95. There was a huge connection at that time between the Braves and NASCAR. Obviously, Greg mentioned Dale Earnhardt Sr. I remember one well, not the October Charlotte race in the early mid '90s. Dale Sr. walking up and down pit road with a Braves jacket on. It was the postseason, mm-hmm. so he was showing his support. You had, I met Jeff Blaus at Rockingham as a kid. Terry Pendleton would show up to Atlanta. Ned Yost would show up. I mean, there was a huge connection there. But what's kind of cool is now we're in this whole other generation, and it's not just you. There's you. The Dillon brothers are Braves fans. David Reagan's a Braves fan. I think Michael Waltrip, who's kind of spanned a few generations now, is a yeah. Braves fan. 
So it's cool that there's still kind of this this connection, the southeast regional connection. Do you guys or any other guys that you ever kind of watch Braves games with or talk Braves baseball with that are on pit road or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I know I know the Dillon brothers are are, uh, are are big fans, and you know I have a lot of buddies back around home uh, that that keep up with it. You know, some of the team guys do the the struggle with some of that is a lot of guys live up here. And I don't think are as as accustomed to to Braves country as people from Georgia are. I feel like obviously that's kind of the the heart of it. But um, you know, certainly the, the cool thing about the Braves is that you know you guys span over multiple states. So right. um, yeah, there are a lot of people that I feel like ask about them to me because I it's funny like we were just doing our meetings a few minutes ago and uh, Greg Ives who crew chiefs the '88 car now and he said how you know how's Braves doing you know because he he knows I keep up with them and. And whatnot, and I said, oh, you know, got a got a big win last night, you know, a little over 500, which is good, and just uh, you know, trucking along. So I, they they are interested, and I feel like they a lot of times ask me kind of what's going on uh, to keep them in the loop, which is kind of cool. Yeah, for those who don't know, Chase is a true diehard. I can attest to this because I follow the mo- the social media side of things for the Braves, and I know you were watching a couple years ago when things weren't so great, and we were at the bottom of the standings, and. We were in those rebuilding phases. I know Chase would still tweet about the Braves, was still watching the Braves, and that's when you know I don't ever question anybody's fandom. It's okay if you just want to watch (laughs) when things are going well. I totally get it. Uh, But there's something special to be said for the diehards that are still hanging in there when things aren't going so well and are still keeping up with it and still showing up and still showing that support. I think I would think as a player that that's got to mean something too, that you've got people that are there with you through the thick and thin. Yeah, I mean the worst worst thing you have is some of the places we used to play where – there's 500 people in the stands, and, and oh, some, wow. I run the Alumni Association for the Braves, and so I've got alumni that span from the 60s to the 70s, 80s, and some of them talk about some of the hardest times to play when there were, were 500 people in the stands, and they, they were get, being distracted by the conversation in the front row. Oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> you can imagine uh, when there's, yeah. there's 30,000, uh, there's a little bit different vibe. Sure. But uh, when you didn't have many, so we we've played in plenty of places where there's not very many people. I think about Pittsburgh and uh, Montreal, places that they've they've lost a lot of games in the past. And I mean, you can imagine what do you, this place hold about 140,000 people? Uh, a whole bunch. Yeah, it makes a big difference. Yeah, and when, uh, when those people are standing up. Yeah, you know, the only difference is I can't hear them, so that, that yeah. helps. But <laughs> you see them a little bit. But definitely different. Definitely yeah. different feel. Well, I, I've owned some Harleys and uh, some Mustangs, and, and I got a chance to drive the car that you just took Ryan around. You just did a drive around, and there's something about that growl, that hum that uh, you get on a on a big motor, and I, I just I can't imagine what that adrenaline's like as you as you take it out 220 215 miles an hour i don't know how fast you go down straight away but faster than we were going a minute yeah ago, yeah for sure. that's right <laughs> i can't imagine what that adrenaline's like i know what it's like to pitch in the world series and but i don't think it's anywhere like what the adrenaline would be sitting on top of that engine and and riding it around the track but do you feel like that because of that you're a little bit of an adrenaline junkie i would i would say so and i mean i think there's you know every, every you know i'm sure the, I mean, I couldn't imagine, like for me, I couldn't imagine pitching a World Series, you know, just like uh, the opposition, you know. So it, it's, I feel like it's all relative and it's all what you grow up doing. I mean, for me, I've grown up racing and, and that's kind of all I know, just like guys who are playing in the bigs grew mm-hmm. up playing T-ball. I mean, and that's what they started with and been playing all their lives. So, 
you know, I, I think as you grow up and, and you, you get put in those situations through high school or college or for me racing legend cars or racing late models, mm-hmm. I mean, I think all that stuff's pretty relative and, um, you just learn through those situations and still learn, you know, it's, uh, you know, th- this is a world I'll tell people all the time. It's, it's the guy who can be the most comfortable at being uncomfortable. And those are typically, you know, typically the ones who separate themselves in the long haul. Um, that's hard to do over the span mm-hmm. of 38 weeks, long season. Yeah. And that, uh, but does that translate into any hobbies that are, uh, adrenaline related? I mean, yeah, you don't go, it, you go bungee it, jumping or I'd skydiving. Love to, <laughs> I'd love to do both. I haven't done, I haven't done one of them yet, but, um, yeah, I love, uh, you know, snowboarding, wakeboarding, things like that. Um, you know, used to ride dirt bikes a lot, not as much mm-hmm. anymore, but, um, you know, things like that. I, I certainly enjoy, haven't got around to the skydiving thing, but I, <laughs> I'd love to do it. Uh, I love flying and, and aviation. So mm. certainly enjoy, uh, enjoy living life, man. You yeah. only, you only get one of them. So yeah, that's cool. ride it out. I know one thing we wanted to talk to you about, and I definitely want to hear your take on this. There is a, for me anyways, there's a definite parallel and a connection between NASCAR and baseball in retaliation and the art of retaliation. This pro- We've talked a lot about this. We launched this podcast uh, last fall, kind of not too long after the Ronald Acuna, Jose Urania situation last year where he got yeah, beamed. That's you right. know. He was on a hot streak, and then they, they just hit, you know, they hit him. I'll just say it. They just hit him. That's he what drilled they him. They drilled him, yeah. <laughs> and so then the carryover, the retaliation carried into this year. And so, and I was telling Greg this, just that that is something that absolutely applies in NASCAR. I, I think you've got a little bit of experience with it, but there is, if a guy, if you feel like a guy's done you wrong, you're going to get them back and you're going to wait until the right time to do it. So do you think that there's a, a parallel there between those <laughs> yeah. two things? There's definitely a parallel for sure. Uh, from the outside looking in, you know, on the baseball side of things, the the racing side is such a there's such a fine line to that and and I certainly don't don't have it figured out but you know certain guys that you know you don't have a problem with there's a way to deal with each of them I feel like they're all kind of a little different and and uh what gets under somebody's skin may not get under somebody else's so you have to kind of pay attention to the person I guess if you really want to get them good and figure out what they really don't like is that is that well, how is that is that kind of similar well, to baseball Greg? Yeah, I mean I think there there used to be um, a lot of ego wrapped up in being being shown up. So, for instance, and Rhino was just uh, Ryan Klesko that you did the uh, drive around with. He was showing me his son's uh, home run that he hit with the first wood bat tournament, and he hits the hits the home run, and all of a sudden he flips the bat and takes a little stutter step. By the time he gets the home plate, the whole team meets him there. He jumps, and they all fall down. Right, and I'm like, Rhino, what the crap? <laughs> I said, Really, you're gonna let him do that? He's like, Oh, you know, they see it all on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. But you know, back in the day, if you did that, you I felt like you were showing me up. You know, you flipped your bat, or you the worst thing you do is hit the home run, stand there. Right. And then we would be screaming at the guys, saying, You should be on second by now, because don't you know the next time you come up, you might be standing there, but you're gonna be on the ground. You know, it's kind of that mentality that. You were showing me up. I'm not showing you up. I'm not out there pumping my fists and high-fiving every time I strike somebody out. So every time you don't run, you don't need to be doing that. So there was that mentality at the point in the game because, you know, when I came up, it was more old school where now it's like everybody, that's that's more, okay, that's exciting. That's everybody celebrating. So it's a little bit more accepted now for that. But So there was an element to the game where you would knock guys down because they showed you up. Sure. But there was another element that they were knocking your guys down because sometimes you had to pitch inside to be able to – they would call pitch inside to open up the outside part of the plate because 
t- hitters tend to lean out over the plate so they know they're getting them out of the way. They're going to cheat. So in order to keep from cheating, you would back them up yeah, off the plate, yeah. which is part of the game. So sometimes you had to flip a guy, but you weren't trying to hurt him, but you knew that you had to keep him honest kind of deal. Like, you know, you're probably sure. out there racing, and there's guys that take a little bit more you know, liberty than they need to, and you got to keep them honest. But then there's the other side of it where you were just saying, listen, you're showing me up. I don't appreciate it. I need to let you know that I'm still out here. You're not going to do it that way. I think that part of the game is no longer valid. They don't they don't get upset that way. But if you start knocking my guys down, then um, then I'm gonna I've got to protect my guys. And I've shared this story with Ricky about TP is that we were in St. Louis and and a couple guys Otis and Dion and David Justice got knocked down and and so they basically TP told me. You better knock. You better knock that guy down because he's doing that to us. And if you don't, we'll have a bigger problem between you and me than you'll have with the other team. So I had to put it in his ear hole because um, I had to let him know that he wasn't going to keep doing that. And sure enough, he didn't do it anymore. So pitchers will tend to do what you allow them to do. So there, you know, there's always that's inner, you know, kind of inner team yeah, type of stuff. And that definitely goes right. on. It yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. goes yeah. on here too. And it, there's a lot, you know, of, if a lot some, of games. If somebody's out there rubbing you or bumping you, I mean, he's taking his your life into his hands a little bit, but also he's he's causing some risk. And you got to say, hey, you're not going to do that. I got to let you know that you can't sure. do that. So I'm sure it's it the happens. same. It happens. <laughs> it's the same and the same but different, but definitely – you know, that mentality and, and drawing the line for somebody is certainly necessary and, and it uh, you know might be necessary more often for some than others, but uh, certainly is important to, to do, I think. Yeah. But you can't – I mean, you can't really show anybody up out there, right? I mean, that part of the game, or can you? you I mean, you can. You know, the best way to do it is just beat them, you know, right. be, be faster than them. And, and uh, you know, if you're out running a guy, that's probably going to get under your skin more than anything. Sure. Just like – beating them you know on on the field would be as well so that's number one number one way to make somebody mad yeah. is just do better than them and eventually that'll you know i guess you that, could ask his girlfriend it. out that might you might do upset. that too yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you, you might that might be a way you get up under your skin yep right? that would that's, definitely do it something that i'm not going to say has or hasn't <laughs> happened in nascar and in baseball history that yeah, i've heard from various sure. people but uh Okay, well, I, I do know I've I've heard somewhere that you and Ryan Blaney have played a little. I don't know. Do you play the show? Yeah, a little. Okay, is yeah. that is that true? You, and I'm we assuming do. you're always the Braves, right? <laughs> I'm definitely the Braves. Uh, he he's a Cleveland guy, so he he likes the Indians. Um, so it's usually Braves Indians. That that's usually our game. So we've had some epic uh, epic baseball games. Nice. Uh, actually, funny story. Last summer, uh, he and I. We played. A, we got into it pretty big last summer, and we were playing a lot. And uh, the night before we won Watkins Glen, I hit a walk-off home run on him uh, Saturday night in the bus. So that was nice. awesome. Nice. Uh, and then and then won the race the next day. So that was a good weekend. Got oh, yeah. got, got the dub on on the show, and then uh, Sunday went pretty good too. Nice, nice. Well, we de- we definitely got to ask about for those who are watching on YouTube. Which, by the way, behind the Braves on YouTube, search us, find us there. We can see some of the the Napa hats, yeah. Braves hats that you designed. So talk about the design, how that process went, and I got to say these Napa giveaway hats, the, the couple years, few years we've done them now, have been always been really popular. And I think this one is, this is probably my favorite one. Yeah, hat. I've loved the first two, but the the yours that you've designed here is awesome. How did you how did you come up with that design? Yeah, well, just sat down, uh, came by the the stadium one day uh, a handful of months ago, and we. Uh, just started talking about ideas and and I mean 
if you've ever seen any Braves hat ever that anyone's ever wore, they were on the table that day. I mean, okay. you had <laughs> everything you could possibly think of. So uh, I had plenty of ideas to to pick through, uh, you know, pick through, and basically kind of married up a couple ideas that that I liked, and um, you know, obviously tried to incorporate the Napa colors as well. They're obviously you know, ironically enough, a, a partner of mine and, and, and in a big way. So, and a huge uh, partner of us with the Braves, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. So, been really good to me and, and an Atlanta based company at that. So, really good fit for both. And, uh, yeah, great to have their, their name on the hat with them, uh, with the Braves. And, yeah, it turned out good. So, yeah. just appreciate, uh, Appreciate everybody letting me uh, be a part of uh, part of the hat. I like that you, you used a patch, but also that you used that particular patch, that double, I don't even know what the official term for that, like the double tomahawk logo, the old school logo. looks really, really cool. I think that was, yeah. uh, that was interesting to me that you gravitated towards that one because that's one that I don't think a lot of people necessarily jump at it, jump at it first. Yeah, you don't see it a lot. Um, I have a couple hats like that that I like, so that was kind of the logo I wanted to use. I just didn't really know how to how to incorporate it, but yeah, glad uh, glad it turned out good. Hopefully, everybody yeah, enjoys it. We've got a bunch for you to take home with you too. So I look forward to yeah. it. I love hats. So yeah, all about those are, it. That's good. Did you ever did you ever play baseball as a kid, or did you ever even have time? Because I figured you were probably racing somewhere yeah. from the time you could walk, probably for yeah, every weekend. I, right? I've played a little bit. Um, you know, when I was little. I played t-ball and kind of got into coaches' pitch and. Um, I was never good enough to make the team in middle school or high school anyway, so uh, it wouldn't have mattered. But but definitely got you know got busy through through those years. But I've always loved playing baseball. Um, you know, have some buddies who have some softball teams around home, and I love to go play when whenever I'm home throughout the week. But uh, love it. Yeah, I wish I was better at it. Just uh, you and me both. You know, didn't yeah. uh, <laughs> what what meant for me. But you know, still love to watch and and love to play when I can. What's your position? What do you play? What do you like to play? Well, my position is really just anywhere I'm I'm needed. It's not good anywhere, so <laughs> I, I just go where they tell me. We've we've had this ongoing conversation when we've talked to different because you would be one of our uh, famous fans segments. So Jason Isabel, we've had on. And you're really our second second person that we've had on. And then we try to have a current player, and we have some alumni. And then, then Ricky and I just kind of shoot the bull um, usually once a month about what whatever we want to talk about. But we had this ongoing discussion on if, uh, you know, I was a setup guy and a closer back when I played. If I was on your team, what, what, what role would I perform in the pit crew as That's a, a relief pitcher? As a relief pitcher in – on a pick I, mean, I feel the like gas guy that just no, puts gas in the car. See, I, I picture baseball <laughs> guys, fast hands, you know, being you know, hand eye coordination really good. I would say I would say a tire changer. So you're gonna have the gun oh, and, really? and you're gonna be changing tires if I had to if I was gonna put you somewhere. I, I usually premise it by saying what's the position that you only notice them when they screw up? All of them. <laughs> yeah, it's all <laughs> of them. Yeah. You're in yeah. trouble. Yeah, that's right. It's you don't get – you drop the lug nuts like in uh, Christmas Story. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's teamwork makes the dream work. One yeah. guy messes up there the whole go. thing. Goes, yeah. I, I don't know if I told you last night, I I knew – I my guess was he was going to say tire changer. Oh, really? Because that's what I picture a relief okay. pitcher as. Yeah. yeah. Gas man's more like a, more like a catcher. I think kind really? of yeah. I don't know if that's a right. Now catcher's more of the catcher might be the crew chief actually because the catcher's kind of the yeah, captain on smart, the field yeah. and the yeah. Crew, yeah the smart guy and the one that kind has to oversee everybody. So that might be the crew yeah. chief. Yeah, I'm not sure the gas man. I'm gonna have to think about that. That well, might be you like can't the, go anywhere if you ain't got the gas man. So well, that's true. I'm thinking first base. First, first, first base. base. Yeah. 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 Okay. 
Yeah. See now, now I'm wanting to go down that rabbit hole of like, all right, what is each <laughs> each position? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Though. So, so your dad, obviously, legendary driver. You grew up with that. Um, were you kind of a, you know, like a track rat? I mean, were you falling around and not wanting to go to school, but go see oh, your absolutely. dad build the cars and race? First, and first off, anything to get out of school. That, <laughs> yeah, that was right. that was number one. <laughs> uh, so whatever it took for that, but. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, always a lot of fun going, you know, as a kid. And, and, you know, I was really little when he was racing full-time still. And, and, uh, you know, to have that opportunity to go to the track then. And and obviously, much like baseball has changed over the years, racing has changed as well. And and seeing kind of that firsthand is is what, uh, you know, what it was then to kind of how things have transformed what they are now has has been uh, been pretty neat. And his career has been – pretty special too just from I mean, he, he's raced through a lot of different eras of, of sure. driving um and, and cars have i mean a, a, a street think about what a street car was in the 80s versus what mm. a street car is now and and he's basically raced through all those generations and seen all that so i feel like he's very lucky to have kind of gone through the uh the years that he raced and and then for me as a kid to kind of see that and look back on his career and and kind of see where it's migrated now has been pretty neat as well were there some other kids that were hanging out with you when you were growing up that you befriended and they were hanging out yeah. the track as well? Yeah, he mentioned my buddy Ryan Blaney. His his dad raced as well, so so our dads were racing against each other a lot. Um, and he and I grew up together around the racetrack. And you know, oddly enough, he and I really weren't that we weren't really friends. We like we weren't buddies when we mm-hmm. were kids, um, but we kind of befriended one another down the road as we started racing with each other and and. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, yeah, just been around a lot and, and, uh, obviously our dad's history with racing one another and us growing up and racing together as well has been, uh, been pretty fun. And, you know, it's a always interesting relationship, you know, racing with your buddies and I'm sure like it is playing with them, you know, on, on the big stage. So what is, if you had to pick one favorite Braves memory as a fan. Do you have one that jumps out? Because this was Greg mentioned every about once a month we'll do a show just just us, and we recently did one that was our each of our top five Braves moments. Mine as a fan, him as a player, and working in the front offices. Are there any that jump to jump to mind? For yeah, you? Th- I mean there are. It's really tough. Um, but but for me, th- there I want to say it was the 2013 season. I, I don't I don't want to you know pick yeah. a particular game, but there was either, it was either 12 or 13 that they hit like a bunch of walk-offs and and like it was just as a fan like it was the most exciting year ever i mean they hit walk-offs and home runs and it was really think, both of those years because yeah, 12 was chippers right. last year and he yeah. had a couple of monumental walk-offs against Ma- the Phillies. maybe yeah. it was 12 and it was just yeah. a couple of crazy comebacks and it seemed like yeah. it was happening like every well, week and that's where they started all meeting at home plate throwing the dirt and the water yeah. i mean they really yeah. do that before then but it seemed like that year it just all started happening more and more and they were all meeting up because i guess maybe it yeah. got so happened so frequently they just figured they start doing it, they got so excited yeah they started so, developing new ways to yeah celebrate. that's right yeah. yeah jumping up and got, down got outside the box that's but. that similar thing in nascar that's changed for the years too the celebration because the burnouts used to not be a thing when i was growing up in the sport that really wasn't a thing and now it's Everybody does it, mm. of course. I think uh, who won the All-Star Race last week? Kyle Larson, he did the thing where he's doing the burnout, holding the steering wheel out the window. Like, there's always something new to see the, yeah, that I sure. like. So, you know. yeah, holding so. the steering wheel out the window. Yeah. How do you do that? Oh, he's good, man. He's, these guys are professionals. <laughs> yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. He's, he's driving with his feet. With Stuck, stuck, it, out the, yeah, stuck <laughs> it out the window. Yeah. Yeah, props to him. That, that's, a, that's a cool one. That's a new one. Yeah. So 
pretty neat. Well, new kind of. He's been doing it for a while, but yeah, that's I, I his think, thing. I think yeah. he started it. So what, he lock the steering wheel in one direction, then pull it off, and then it just kind of well, went around. It, it's right? gonna turn to one way on oh, its own. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, well last, last going to try this at home. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> last question for me. What do you think, if there are major similarities, what do you think is the biggest similarity between baseball and, and racing? Man, that's really tough. Um, I just, you know, I would have – obviously there's a lot of differences in kind of what's going on from a physical standpoint. So I would have to say something down the mental side of things and just, uh, you know – I kind of look at baseball games. Baseball games are pretty long. I mean, nine innings is a long time. Uh, our races are long, and, and I just feel like the the cadence of a baseball game and the cadence of a race and how that changes from the first inning or the first 100 laps to the last 100 laps I feel like is very different, and uh, especially when things are tight and close. I, I feel like there's a lot of similarities there and just the mindsets and and how you have to, you know, get started. And maybe as a pitcher, I've never pitched, but I feel like you have to kind of settle in. And I feel like there's definitely a, a, a similarity there and how the drivers settle into to a place and then obviously save their best stuff for right there at the very yeah. end and finish strong. You don't get a, a setup man or a closer. you got to be the starter, exactly. setup man, and the closer. Exactly. So. so you got a tough job there. But you're right. I, I, I've always viewed starting pitching is like running a marathon because you have to – the worst, the first inning is the worst – and then as you settle in, but you then you got to save something mentally to close it out. Sure. And you know there's a lot happens in that la those last few laps, and you got to avoid getting beat up and wrecks. And then you've got to you got to finish it. So uh, you got to be the closer. Yep. So you got you got a you got a tough uh, tough road there for that that whole extended period of time. So I would agree. I think I view what you do as is kind of a starting pitcher who goes nine innings every time, and you don't get any help. Right. So. Well, that's your kind of pitcher. Isn't well, it? hey, that, that, I, that, I love it. Yeah. I love Any it. pitcher can do that. That's a good day. Yeah, that's, that's a good right. Day. Well, thank you so much, Chase. We really appreciate it. Good luck yeah, this weekend you. here at Charlotte. And thanks to the folks at Charlotte for, for letting us yeah, uh, for sure. do that here. And everybody be sure to grab one of these. I'm pointing for those watching us on YouTube. One of these Napa giveaway hats. May 29th, I believe, at SunTrust Park. So be be there early. These are going to be – they're always a popular one, and I know people have been excited. How many How many they get the first? I think 15,000. 15, yeah, 15,000. 15, first 15,000. So you're going to need to We're be there thumbs early. Thumbs up from the back. That's there right. That's right. We nailed it. 15,000. Nice. So be there early. So thanks again, Chase. We yeah, really no appreciate problem. it. Thank, Thank you, guys. Our thanks again to Chase Elliott. NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series driver for joining us here on Behind the Braves. That was a lot of fun. Hopefully you all enjoyed getting to know him as well. Just a reminder, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series will race at Charlotte Motor Speedway, where we're sitting right now this weekend in the 60th running of the Coca-Cola 600. Greg, that is the Coke 600. is It's one of the big ones. It's Daytona 500, the Southern 500 in Darlington, Coke 600 in Charlotte. These are... If you're talking golf, they'd be the majors, and this is one you want to win. It's the longest race of the year, and it's it's a big one, so let's all be rooting for, for Chase in that. It was interesting for me. I was thinking back to being a kid at the racetrack kind of like he was, and we're being at Bristol, which is a smaller, short track where you're pretty pretty confined. There was a scout for the Oakland A's who was a big race fan, and he was friends with a, a guy on my dad's pit crew, and so he would always come to Bristol. He was based in Tennessee and scouted in that like that kind of that part of the country. And he would come to Bristol, and he would hang out with us at the, at the pit hauler. And he had a son that was about my age at the, you know, the, back then, and he would bring his son. 
and his son and I would want to play catch. But you're in this tiny little space around all these very high-priced race cars and machinery. So you couldn't just have two kids with an actual baseball thrown out there. That's just dangerous for everybody involved. <laughs> so we would take the old, like, rags, oil rags, and take duct tape nice. and wrap it around the oil rag just to where it was just hard enough to where we could actually throw. Yeah, play rag cool. ball. Yeah, and it was cool to, like, do that and see because the ball was never exactly the same, obviously, and it, it was always interesting to see, like, the English that would come off of it or which way it would spin. Or You never dip it in ga- gasoline, light it, and throw it, did you? I sure, well, that <laughs> – I, if I had, I, uh, people would have noticed. <laughs> I would have gotten some attention out of that one. So that sounds like something I would have done. Yeah. Well, it's not too, not too late. We're we're here. We're That's at the right. racetrack. There's nobody else here. We'll, well be fine. I, I did get to ride Blooper's uh, mini bike around, and then I got to drive uh, the. Uh, it's not a pace car, but one of the cars that uh, Chase took uh, Rhino on on the uh, driver. Super Camaro. Yeah, Super up Camaro. I got to uh, drive that thing. Growled and it was a five speed and. And uh, we we got it going around the parking lot pretty good. I didn't get to go on the track, unfortunately, but I can, I rode with you, and I can vouch for all of those <laughs> listening out here. Greg definitely took the long way around in the infield for us to get back because he wanted to uh, see what that car was like, and it was fun. We had a yeah, good time. Good. So speaking of having a good time, Braves Fantasy Camp registration is open now, is it not, Greg? Yes, Braves.com/slash/fantasycamp. We're uh, signing guys up, uh, men and women, um, age 25 and older. We'd love to have you. We'll be at the new facility in Northport, Florida. It's gorgeous. It's going to be a great time. be our first time doing fantasy camp down there. And I'm uh, only taking 70, 70 to 72 fans, and um, it's going pretty well right now. So we'd love to have you. If you're thinking about it, uh, shoot me a note, fantasycamp at braves.com if you have any questions. But if not, check it out online. Awesome. And while you're doing that or when you're done with that, be sure to rate, review, subscribe to Behind the Braves on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. You can go to braves.com slash behind the Braves. Check out all the episodes there. Tweet about us. Put it on your Instagram story. Tell a friend. However you can help share, we very much appreciate it. We read all the reviews, the good ones and the bad ones. We, we treat them equally because of the bad ones are helping us get better, hopefully. So we appreciate all of that. So just keep sending us your feedback. We very much appreciate all your support. This thing is really starting to grow and get bigger, and that's that's a testament to all of you out there, not only listening but spreading the word about it. So we very much appreciate yes, it. thank you. Oh, and check us out. We're putting a lot of these episodes, including today's with Chase Elliott from Charlotte Motor Speedway, on YouTube. So be sure to check them out on there as well. So thanks again to Chase Elliott. For Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next week on Behind the Braves. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 